Yeah, I'm Luke, and, and I'll know some of you, and some of you uh, we won't have met yet, so hi. Uh, I'm from G2 Burn Home, uh, one of the site leaders there, and I've been part of G2 since uh, the start. Uh, so I guess because I'm from G2 Burn Home, it probably makes me a bit more middle-aged than most people here, <laughs> but just as passionate about Jesus and sharing him with people who haven't yet uh, met him. Um, so... Yeah, I'm part of G2 since the start, and we used to meet in David Lloyd uh, gym. And yeah, were you were you excited about that? You remember there? So that's that is so exciting, the David Lloyd, isn't it? So, um, and along the journey, we've seen all sorts of exciting things happen when it comes to faith uh, and also finance. And so this talk is going to be on faith and finance. It's on the generosity of God. It fits into our series on the generosity adventure, and it fits into our year of generosity. So by the end of 2019, you're going to be so sick of hearing about generosity. No, you're not going to be sick about it at all. You're going to be very excited about generosity, and you'll have caught the generosity bug over and over again. Um, you can't outgive God. But I do think we can have a reckless amount of fun attempting to do so. We are able to try and outgive him. And every time we try and outgive him, we don't manage it. But it's fun. The process is good. And because it's fun, there's an outpouring of joy because God loves it when we're generous. I guess I, like, I have little kids. And just seeing their generosity to each other and to their friends makes me want to look after them. It makes me want to bless them. Fills my heart with joy. And in the same way, when we as God's kids step out and are generous... Of course, he's like, brilliant, that's exactly in line with how I'm wired, and so I want to bless them more. So we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to hear some stories, I'll share some of those, and I'll get you to share some of your stories. Uh, we're going to look at the Bible to see what uh, happens and what is said there about God's idea of generosity. Um, if you've got a physical book Bible, um, which are fantastic things, by the way, I do recommend books, they're excellent, they're full of words, and they explain uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, anyway, we're going to be looking from Malachi in, in the Bible, which is right at the end of the Old Testament. It's the last book. Uh, so we're going to start there, and then we're going to turn over into the New Testament and have a look at something in Matthew. So if you've got a real Bible, you can just turn over and otherwise use your phone or something. So we're going to have a look at that for a bit, and then we're going to have a look at doing something called the 90 Challenge. So there's a way of us as G2 being generous. So that's roughly where we're going uh, today. And in order to do that, we've got to talk about cash and money and finance and all that sort of stuff, which Queen Victoria frowned upon. She did not like it, and so therefore it isn't very British for, to talk about money, but it is absolutely biblical. The Bible talks loads about money. Jesus talked tons about money, and he didn't talk very much about the sort of things that we as Christians often get uh, wrapped up into problems trying to discuss. He didn't spend a lot of time talking about those things, but he did talk about money. So we're going to have a look at what he says um, about that. So just wanted to say that because it could get a bit orcs, could, be, could get a bit weird because we're talking about money, but we're just going to kind of name the fact that it's good for us as a community to do that, to talk about money, so it's okay. So we'll all be fine and no one will die. Well, I suppose someone might die because everybody dies at some point, but that would be terrible. Let's hope that doesn't happen during this meeting. 
And if it happens, it won't happen as, as a result of us talking about money. Um, okay. Good that we've cleared up that. No smiting will go on. <sighs> Glad I covered that one. Okay. G2 is a generous church. So it's great to be at the place we're starting. We are already a generous church. Uh, and over the years, since we started, we've had a lot of fun doing different generous activities. There have been times when we've done specific things to give to people who are in need. There have been things where we've given away to charities. There's been times when we have given uh, maybe for a purpose as G2. I remember we didn't have a baptistry. You know that baptistry we've got and we baptize people outside here, don't we? Um, we didn't have one. So we did a specific giving thing for that and we fundraised for it. Then we did another giving thing where people gave generously uh, for a load of Bibles, including a lot of Chinese Bibles, and we gave those away to some Chinese students that we were in touch with. Um, and we've often come back to talking about money and to say, hey, it's great to give in, because look, this, wouldn't, this whole thing wouldn't happen, would it? Like church couldn't happen if people didn't give. Uh, but equally, you might be new and you might be thinking, oh, they're talking about money. That's a bit uncomfortable and a bit weird. So I want you to know if you're new or if you're a guest or a visitor or something, um, feel free to watch what happens here. You can give if you want to. Um, but this is primarily aimed at those of us who are regular here and uh, part of the community. Um, so we want to be more generous as a church because it's good when we are. And uh, something Jesus says is that it's more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. This is one of those conundrums. It's one of those things that's hard to get our head around. Uh, at first, you might think, oh, yeah, that that's kind of makes sense. Um, the, the reason why it is a conundrum is it's because it's clearer to understand it from the perspective of someone who is giving than it is if you're on the receiving end, right? So what I mean by that is if, if uh, you give some money to me to bless me, right? I'm thinking, whoa, I've, I'm bowled over. That's incredible. You've supported me uh, somehow. Uh, I'll give you an example. Earlier on today, I put on Facebook that uh, my boys, I've got two, two lads, and they got given a Wii for Christmas by another family at G2 Burnhome. So they've got a, a PS4 or something, and they said, do you want this Wii? Our lads are six and, f and eight, and they didn't have anything like that. So we said, yes, please. So they got given a, a Wii. And, uh, but we only had three games, so I just put on uh, Facebook, does anyone have any spare games we could borrow or whatever? Someone turned up from Burnhome to, uh, today, and they came to the service just a few hours earlier, and they brought another Wii, uh, and they said, well, now you've got four controllers, and if you can find someone who you can give that away to, then do that. And then there's the gun thingy, and then there's two Guitar Hero thingies. There was 20 games, and then there was uh, some other kind of thing, I think like a tennis racket-y thing or something like that. So then they were like, well, we've got a different thing now, we don't use this very much, so we just thought you could just have the lot. Now, the crazy thing about this scripture, and this is like something Jesus said, it's in Acts, and it, like we cover our bases here because it's something that Luke is writing about, saying Paul said, quoting Jesus as saying, so you know, everyone's involved. And uh, he says, Jesus said, he says, remember, Jesus actually said this, it's more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. Now, so just to reassure you, when my friend Liz gave us that stuff, I didn't say, that's amazing, thank you so much, the boys will be delighted. It's better for you that you just did that than it is for me. <laughs> I didn't give her that passage right there and then. But the fact is, it is better for her than it is for us. And that's why it's a conundrum. 
because the act of giving releases us from the hold of, that money has on us and all that stuff. We are, we're freer from that stuff if we've given away. But also, we've opened ourselves to the blessing of heaven. So we'll find out more about that in a minute. But that's why it's a conundrum. Whereas we've just received a load of wee stuff, which is ace. But that's all it is. It's just brilliant. But for them, there's a whole load of other stuff that comes with it. Um, I mentioned uh, that I've been part of G2 since the start. Really early on in G2's life, we started to have a few students join us. Uh, and that was good. Uh, so as a few students came along when we were in the David Lloyd gym. And then... Um, but none of us had any time to hang out with students or anyone else for that matter. In fact, all of us that were part of leading G2, we all had full-time jobs. So I said, look, I'll give up a day a week uh, of my job and then I'll spend that hanging out with people and getting to know people and doing some of the pastoring stuff, I guess. So I started doing that and it was good. I wanted to do more of it uh, as it was going well and I was enjoying it and I felt God was calling me into it. And at the same time, I wanted to do something else more with students. And that's when I started working for Fusion. So for those of you who don't know, I work for Fusion, and some of you do as well. Some of you have done uh, in the past. And uh, so Fusion works with students across the UK and further afield, and we want to help churches work with students. So uh, I started doing that at the same time. The only trouble was, for the G2 bit, there was no income. For the fusion bit, there was a small amount of income. So Hannah and I prayed about this, and we made the decision to do it. And I'll tell you, this, this might make you feel awkward, because I'll tell you what we did. So we decided we needed 20 grand in order to survive. Like, we needed me to earn 20 grand. But that was more than halving what I was on before. I used to work in advertising sales. So I had to half the salary. Now, we got used to what I used to earn. We were on that already. We were used to it. We were living to those means, I guess. Uh, it meant that we could save more and all that sort of stuff. So we had to adjust, and it cost us something to do it. I got paid the 10 grand for the half a week I worked for Fusion, and for the other half that was working for G2, there was no money. So we just said, well, we'll just trust God. We'll just live by faith. We know, we know he'll provide. And uh, people began to say, well, we'll support you. We'll give you regularly to support the work that you're doing. And so it started coming in, and we were blown away by seeing that provision happen. And uh, then uh, it got to this. Now, Hannah does all of our finance. Uh, Hannah, that works for G2, is also married to me. And so she does all of our finance and gets all of the details right and all of the Excel sheets that make my mind go fizzy. So uh, she said, just so you know... Uh, it had been about a year, so it was a day before the year was up. And she said, we did feel God say 10 grand for that year with G2 um, was reasonable. So we had prayed for that. And so we said, well, look, God, we're actually fine. We've, we've got eight grand uh, and we're two grand short. But we've, and we've paid our bills. Like We feel we're okay. But we actually felt you said 10 uh, for that year. So maybe we were wrong. There we are. There's the prayer. If you want to provide still, you've got a day left. <laughs> um, and we didn't tell anybody about that. Then we went into the office the next day. I went into the office the next day, and Christian said, a bit of a weird one. You've had an anonymous donation from uh, somebody, and it's two grand. So we need to, it's quite a big amount. We need to work out how to transfer it and all this. Um, so it was extraordinary to see that provision. And I think for us, we like 
caught the bug of generosity at that point and, and of the risk bit of going, what if we just trusted him that he actually would provide ground underneath our feet when we stepped out? Um, so as we, I guess we gave by cutting the salary and he provided and other people gave and it all went round. Um, then my time with Fusion continued and uh, we had a point where I, by that point I was full-time with Fusion like I am now and uh, the, there was a budget gap uh, through a number of different reasons but there was a gap in the budget that we needed to make and, and we had some choices to make and uh, it was a difficult one. And we're in a much healthier place now than we were then. We're in a dif difficult spot as a charity. So we made the decision. I, th I think there was six or possibly seven of us on team at the time. And we made the decision to have what we now laugh about as referred to as a salary holiday. So we took a, a holiday from having a salary uh, for three months. So we just didn't earn any money at all uh, from Fusion that for three months. And that filled that gap. I would have to say that we've never done that since, and I'm not particularly looking to do that <laughs> again. Um, but it was incredible to see how God provided through that time. The, the finance came in. Um, in fact, it came in slightly more than that. And that from, in many instances, from places where we'd not sought that. Uh, it was just amazing God provision, uh, because I, I guess he was delighted that we were taking a risk um, and actually, it was probably partly bad planning that had got us there as well. And I kind of feel that God's kind as well as a father, and he doesn't always want us to just stew in our stuff. And when we step out, he always provides. Um, we now, as Fusion, uh, you, you may know this, lots of you may support people on, Fusion, on a Fusion team. Uh, so we live uh, in a way that means we earn our salaries, but 100% of what we earn... Uh, we raise by asking individuals to give to Fusion. Um, and it has been incredible to see that happen um, and to see how people themselves have been blessed. So back to that more of a blessing to give than to receive thing. This is a really weird one because when somebody gives to, to Team Luke to support the work I'm doing with Fusion, I'm kind of thinking, that's amazing and I'm really grateful and I couldn't do what I do if people didn't do that. Um, that is incredible. But it is actually better for them if they do this. Now, there's no, there's no arrogance in me at all saying that. It's all because the blessing of God that will be unlocked on them if they're generous. So, bear that in mind. I tell you this stuff, not to bang on about my stories for too long. I tell you this stuff because I want to encourage you. As someone who has, who has done some of this stuff, but I'm nowhere near as generous as I want to be, we're challenging ourselves as a family to be more generous but I have gone somewhere on the journey, and I want to encourage you that you are in for a great ride. This is a good adventure if you're willing to step out in it. A um, couple of other stories. Um, here's somebody that I really like. Uh, I think we've got a photo of LJ alongside Alan Brilly, who's one of the best humans you could ever meet, and that's one of the best photos of him you could ever see. Um, now, um, LJ... Um, some of you will know bits of this story. Um, LJ recently uh, stepped out in incredible generosity, and it's brilliant to hear a story from our community about this kind of generosity. Uh, so Rosie and Stu, so you may remember, they've just gone to Brazil to be missionaries uh, with CMS. And so 
they've shared uh, about what they're going to be doing and we've prayed for them and we've done all that as a community and we'll be in touch with them. Um, And uh, so they shared what they were going to do and they said that they would need financial support and did anyone want to do this? And as LG heard this uh, being shared, she thought, yes, I really do want to give generously. And LJ had been saving for a car because she's training to be a doctor and so she's going to need a car to be able to get to the different places that she might be on placement and so she'd been saving for a car and she had quite a large amount of money and she felt God say or she felt prompted to or a combination of the both uh, step out and give the lot so she did she was obedient she went with that hunch she went with the the, the kind of inkling, maybe, what if I did this? She went with it. She gave the lot. Now, brilliantly, she tried to do it anonymously. Uh, but somehow, by a divine admin error, um, they were told who it was. So they found out that she'd given this amount. And it was a big amount. So they contacted her, and Rosie said to her, um, not sure... Uh, Like, firstly, if this is what you've wanted to give, wow, and thanks, and can we have a coffee? Because I'd love to, you know, give you a hug, basically, and say thanks properly. Um, And two, if it was an error and you put an extra zero on the end, no problem, uh, and we'll return the money to you, it's fine. Um, And LJ said, oh, right, yeah, well, I didn't know you were going to know it was me, but um, it's not an error. I wanted to give that, and there's the story behind it. Uh, And so... uh, they met up for their coffee, they had their hug, um, and Rosie then shared this story with her, a number of her supporters, and actually an old lady got to hear of this story. And this old lady had just reached a stage of life where she'd been told it wasn't really safe for her to drive anymore. And so she said, uh, well, that's amazing that that girl did that, so she can just have my car, just gave her car. So it was arranged, and the car is LJ's. So that happened, and then another lady felt prompted by God to be incredibly generous and gave LJ what turned out to be almost the same amount of money. Just felt prompted by God to do that. So uh, LJ's then like, whoa, (laughs) this really is an adventure. So I've just stepped out in what I perceive to be definitely the biggest generosity adventure I've ever been on. I've given way more than I thought I could afford. Well, I couldn't afford it because I need that money. I've now got the car that I was saving for and the money back. This is a crazy world that we are in when we're willing to step out in faith. Because God loves to provide back. It's not transactional. You don't, you're not going to get a car. If some of you are thinking, oh, I could do with a car. Um, <laughs> this isn't like a nailed-on Ponzi scheme. Um, <laughs> Another story uh, is another friend of mine called Mike Strong. Um, He's he's got a good name. Um, Mike Strong uh, is a student worker in Guildford, and um, he was telling me last week that he stepped out in faith in a surprising way. So he was in a coffee shop, uh, as are most of the student workers in the nation. And so as he was sat there doing a bit of work, um, the door opens, and in comes a couple, um, a sort of about ish age, and he, the, the fella was pushing the lady in who was in a wheelchair, and she was a double amputee. 
So they came in, they found somewhere to base themselves, and then they started having an argument. And so he like, you know when you can't really not overhear? So he's like, try not to eavesdrop, but you can't really not do. So anyway, what's happened is she's in a lot of pain. It's a hassle to get out. They've made an effort to get out for a coffee, and he was in charge of bringing the money, and he forgot. Now, I, I sympathize with him, because it's the sort of thing I would have done. Um, and, you, and you've got nowhere to go, have you, when you do something like that? You're like, well, I'm just a fool, and that's how it is. But, so he's in that position, and Mike feels compassionate for him and them, so he goes, like, almost without thinking, he just thought, oh, that's terrible. Um, look, can I give you a tenner or something? You can't go back to get your money, like, do have a coffee, and I hope that helps. And they were completely bowled over. So he's like, that's, that's incredible. Thanks so much. They, were, they said, c c come and sit with us. And, and we want to know a bit more about why uh, you wanted to do that. He then shares his faith. And he leads them both to Jesus in this conversation. So they give their lives to Jesus. Um, and uh, so then he's like, now we, um, in our church, we pray for people all the time. And we believe God can heal. And then as he's saying it, he's like, Oh no, she's like a double amputee. This is a. This is like. So then he goes, "Is there anything you can you can think of that you would like prayer for?" Because um, totally happy to pray, um, and um, so she says, "Well, obviously, as you can see, uh, I'm, I've had both my legs amputated a year ago, and when that happened, I've been in just excruciating amounts of pain ever since. Like at least eight out of ten all the time, and." I don't want to be in pain. It's exhausting, and I just, it dominates my life. So he said, can I pray that God will bring an end to that healing? So he did pray. She starts crying. She's like, honestly, this is just incredible. It's gone to like a three out of ten. I've not been this low in pain for since it happened. So thank you so much. And he's like, can, can I carry on? Because I, I think it will go to zero. So she said, yeah, sure. And so he did. He carried on praying that God would heal the pain, and it went to zero. She, like, weeped her eyes out, and she's like, no way. This is amazing that God would do this. Um, they, they carry on hanging out for a little bit, and in this conversation, she happened to mention that uh, she'd lost her headphones. And, um, like, without thinking about it, he said he just took his headphones off and went, just have mine. This is just incredible. Um, like, what an amazing day. God's doing all this stuff. And they was like, oh, they were like beets and stuff. And they cost loads of money. They were really expensive beets. He didn't even think about it. He just gave them because why wouldn't you? God provides. God is good. Um, and she's like, you can't give me your beets. That's ridiculous. And he went, you can because who cares? God's brilliant. And um, he said, and the funny thing was like in three weeks later, somebody else actually gave me, like separate to that, some more beets that were even better than the first ones. Again, disclaimer... If you want beets, right? <laughs> anyway, you see where that's going. So we're in Malachi, right at the Old Testament, right, right at the end of the Old Testament, Malachi 3. Bit of context here. Malachi is a prophet, and he's writing uh, about four to 500 BC, or I guess 5 to 400 BC is how you should probably say it. Um, and... It's around about the time when the temple has been rebuilt. So uh, if you've read Nehemiah, uh, he rebuilds the temple. It's after they've been in captivity in Babylon. And so they're kind of just getting back together again. They're getting themselves sorted. Ezra is the priest at the time of Nehemiah, and he gets them all reading. The, they read the, all of the uh, Torah out, and they 
uh, devote themselves to public reading of Scripture. Um, and so they're just, they've almost got themselves sorted, but then they start to lose it again. Now, this is a bit of a theme, isn't it, in the Old Testament, God working with his people. And just as they start to get it together again, they start to lose it. And usually, the priests have quite a bit to do with it. The priests are typically lazy and tend to desert the people uh, and they start to desert the message of God. Now, thankfully, our priest in Christian Selvratnam uh, is nothing like that. So uh, this doesn't relate, directly relate to the laziness of Christian. Um, but um, So God is reminding his people, particularly of that covenant relationship, of the partnership, which is extraordinary and sets uh, the Jewish faith and, of course, the Christian faith now apart from other world religions in that it's not about trying to earn salvation by being good or trying to match up to a divinity you'll never get anywhere close to, but God sets up this with Abraham, he sets up this covenant, this partnership. It's like a marriage, like a bond between him and the people. Um, but the, the thing with that is that there are conditions. There are things on both sides. God's like, I will do this for you. I will be faithful. I will do all this stuff. You've got to do this stuff. And they keep forgetting to do their bit of the bargain. And so when they do that, God then has to remind them of all of those things. And so Malachi is pretty much... Uh, a load, a list, a whole story of stuff where the people need to repair their relationship with God. And God is like, please, let's get this right. Let's rebuild this covenant. And the question is, will they do it or not? Now, at the start of that, um, after he's talked about lazy priests, he then uh, talks about finance and giving particularly. But right at the start, we need to see this. At th- in, in the start of chapter 3, God is saying through Malachi, See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant of that promise, whom you desire, will come, says the Lord Almighty. So he's talking about two different people, two different messengers. Um, One of them is going to prepare the way, and one of them is going to fulfill the temple, who's going to be what we hoped for. So he's talking about John the Baptist and Jesus, and that's useful to know, because in a moment we're going to turn over into Matthew, and we're going to see what John the Baptist and Jesus said. That's useful to know. So before we get there, just get to the towards the end of Malachi 3, uh, and and we're going to start at verse 8. Now, in this, I just want to say... Lots of this is really full on. Read, read around it. Read the rest of this stuff. But it's full on stuff. And people ha- historically in the church have used this passage to manipulate people to get them to give. And they've used it in prosperity gospel saying, you've got to give here because then you'll get rich. Now, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> that's, I just want to say it so you're, so you're aware of it. I know about that. I'm not going to accidentally manipulate anybody. Um, no, I'm not going to do it on purpose either. I just realized that sounded like... Um, but I wanted to name that it is used out of context and incorrectly in other places. Um, but it's a crazy thing to read because God is saying, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Remember he's talking about this 
deal they had. They said they would give, right? It was important that they were going to give because if you don't, if these guys, the Israelites, don't, didn't give their tithe into the temple, then the temple people, the priests and all that, couldn't make sure that the word of God was held high. And if the word of God wasn't held high, then they, they started to go the pagan ways again, and it all started to de- deteriorate. So it's like you've got to give into the storehouse so that the temple can do what it is meant to do, and then the nation works. So he's like, that's important part of the deal, and you're not doing that. So he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Um, Tara, I know you've got a uh, allotment. That is great news for the allotment. Um, your crops and your vines are going to be fine. Um, so uh, he says, basically, I really want to get this right. I'm looking to provide for you in abundant ways. Try me out. Test me in this. Give what you're meant to give, and I will lavish blessings on you, is what he's saying. He doesn't say we'll give anyone Ferraris or cars or, or like houses or whatever, but blessings are guaranteed. He does say that. He says, test me in it. Now, interestingly, he doesn't say that in the Bible a lot, does he? In fact, God's, it, one of the commandments, do not test the Lord your, put the Lord your God to your, the test. Don't do that in general. Don't test God. Apart from here, he says, you can test me on this. Try me out on the finance thing. See if you can outgive me. You'll have some fun trying. So uh, now I want you to turn over a couple of pages, if you have the paper one, to Matthew 3. So in Matthew 3, we have John the Baptist arriving. And John the Baptist was bonkers. He was an absolute head case, but in a good way. He's wearing animal skin clothing. And now that, I don't think that's like a, a neatly purchased leopard print outfit or whatever, right? This is, this is a little bit of a gross outfit, I think, camel skin, and he's eating insects and getting wild honey from probably not such a nice place as well. And he's, um, his message picks up where Malachi left off. So I remember how Malachi's pointed and he said, there will be two messengers coming. One will prepare the way for the next one. So uh, he says... Um, he refers to the, uh, the priests of the day and refers to them as a brood of vipers. Um, now, that is like a pretty dramatic thing to say to a load of religious leaders. So he hammers these religious leaders and says, you're still hypocrites and you still can't get it. And as a result, it's not going to go well for you. So he points to Jesus as the fulfiller of the Old Testament law and prophecies. And then he baptizes him, and then Jesus goes straight out into the desert uh, and is tempted three times by the devil. Um, And then he sits on a hill and starts to preach, and he gives the Sermon on the Mount, or the Beatitudes. And so that starts in Matthew 5. So if you want to turn over to Matthew 6, he then starts to talk about cash and treasures in heaven. And it's worth noting what Jesus says here about finance. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, 
and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. That is full on mic drop. If you want to know where your value is, if you want to know what you value, if you want to know what you worship, if you want to know where you put your worth-ship, then have a look at your bank balance. Have a look at your bank statement. See where your money goes. That's what you value. That's what Jesus says. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you, are dark, within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is like very clear, isn't it? I really like it when Jesus is clear because sometimes he's a bit confusing. Sometimes I think he quite liked being a bit confusing and allowing people to discover some uh, something in the confusion. But here... He is absolutely clear that you cannot serve God and money. You can't do it. It's one or the other. But the fact is, all money is under God. Everything under, in heaven and on earth is under God, is under Jesus. Um, so there isn't any money anywhere in the world that doesn't be- belong to God. But some of it sometimes gets stuck in his kids' pockets but it still all belongs to him. The Bible says God has the cattle on a thousand hills, but most of us don't need cattle. We don't use cattle very often, but the point of it was when they were writing, people did. Today, a better way of saying it is all of the stuff is his. God has all the stuff. He is able to move it around, and we can be the channels of that goodness, of that provision, if we open ourselves to him doing that. Okay, so we've got a way of testing this out as G2. And this is something that um, I'm really excited to see how, how this goes. Because when we try and test God in our generosity, I'm so excited to see how he provides. So what would it look like for us? to try our generosity? What would it look like for you to give to G2 more generously than you do at the moment? What would it look like for you to give to G2 uh, in a way that costs you? Perhaps you don't give yet uh, as G2. And just as a little, uh, I guess, a a proviso or a thing to say around giving if you're new to it, um, if you're a student and you don't yet give, you're normal. Um, So... Congratulations. Most of the students who are around don't give. Um, so that's normal. Um, if you'd like to be extraordinary, um, give. Uh, it's really good. It'll be good for you. You'll enjoy it. You'll catch the bug. Um, but uh, the other thing I do want to say about with students and maybe with other people who don't have a huge amount of income um, is don't. I think it's good to give in a way that costs you Give in a way that maybe hurts a bit to what you otherwise would have done, but don't give so it gets you into debt. Now, when I was at uni, we didn't have student debt, 
right? Because I'm old. Now, I know that that's different now. And if you're at uni now, you have a student loan and there is a debt thing going on there. So I get that. But my theology on this or my thinking on this would certainly be if you've got it to spend, you've got it to give. So you've got that cash that you've got in your student finance. You've figured out how you're going to live. Now, if you've got money, disposable income to buy beers or coffees or new clothes or whatever or cinema or something, you've got it to give. If you've got it to spend, you've got it to give. If you haven't got it to spend, don't give it. You haven't got it to give. So it's just like a little way of figuring out whether to do it. But lots of us are able to give, and even though it's going to cost us something that we couldn't otherwise do, we are still okay. We're not going to go into debt by doing that. So when we've done this at GITO over the years with students as well, I want to encourage you, if you are a student, extraordinary things have happened with those people as well. Um, we definitely don't assume that because somebody is a student or is because somebody doesn't have a huge amount of income that they might not give or they might give a small amount only. That is just not what we have found happens. Um, so there's no expectations there. Just allow yourself to be challenged by how much you want to step out and how much you might want to see provided for. So the way that we're going to do this with the 90 challenge we have got 90 days between now and Easter. So some of you are thinking, is it like exactly 90 days or 91? Because I certainly did. I had to get my phone out because Christian said it's 90 days and I had to check it. So it's 90 days from now until Easter, uh, Sunday. And so we've just had this little idea. Because remember back in here in Malachi, God says, test me in this. Try it out. So we figured... Well, we're in a minute, we're going to share a bit of the budgets of G2 and a bit of how we want to grow and all the good stuff that's happening that's where we want to, want to go, right? But in order to do that, we need to increase our finance. So that's why you're hearing some of this as well. But you've got to test it. So here's the thing. How about extending yourself beyond what you can imagine giving and giving that for three months between now and Easter... And after that point, we'll write to you and say, how did it go? Do you want it back? You can have it back. You can have half of it back. You can have it all back. You can have none of it back. And I think what will happen is God will provide. But it's a way of testing. It's a way of trying it out. Test him in this. And he will come good. He'll unlock blessings on you that you weren't ready for and you won't know what to do with. Okay, so that's a mechanism that we've got, and we're going to, in a minute, have a chance to actually do that. You can do it on your phones, and we'll explain how to do it, um, but we're going to try it out. So it's a 90-day opportunity to give beyond what you thought you could afford, and if, if it worked out terribly for you, you can have it back. So in order to help us think about whether to do that more, uh, more clearly, uh, Hannah's going to share a bit about the budgets that we've got going on at the moment. So uh, my job is I work in operations for G2, so um, so that's why Luke's asked me, not because I run our household finance, <laughs> um, but um, I've 
done the budget for G2, so I'm just going to explain it. Now, we have simplified it, so if you're the sort of person that would like to know, know the nitty-gritty of every budget line, it's probably about two of you in the room, then just let me know, and I can send it to you, but just for today, we've simplified it so that everyone can understand it. So, we've got our income, first of all. So, our total income for the year is 80378 and that's mostly from regular giving. That's uh, you guys and people at G2 City that are giving regularly, monthly, or one-offs. And then uh, we also generate a little bit through partner raising. So Adam, who's our student worker and also associate pastor, he, at the start of January, increased his hours from two days a week to three days a week. But he's self-funding the third day a week. So he's got friends and family supporting him. So it goes into G2 and then it goes to Adam. So it's not costing uh, G2. It's not coming out of our normal budget for Adam to increase his hours. Um, and that includes our gift aid. So if you are a regular giver, I just want to say thank you. That's really, really helpful. Um, and that's a, a great income that we've got there. So then our current budget, which is called our maintain budget. So this is what it looks like for 2019. This is what we've set. So we've got um, staffing costs of 51,000, overheads 20,000, ministry 10,000, and giving 9,000. And that gives us a total expenditure of 94,000, which is more than our income. So I'll come on to that in a minute, but I'll just do a bit of a breakdown of these four areas. So our staffing is a Christian who works two and a half days a week. He's our ordained leader. Um, we've got Adam, like I said, who's uh, two days a week um, and now three days a week. I work two days a week. And then Fiona, who's our children's leader, works one and a half days a week. So that's eight days a week of total staffing. Now, just to give you a bit of context on this, as a general rule, the average church per 100 people in the church will have one member of full-time staff. So our church is 200 adults and 50 children. So on average, a church of our size would have uh, two and a half full-time staff or 12 and a half days. So compared to average, we're a little bit below. We're eight days a week of staff. The average is about 12 and a half days. So that's just to give you a little bit of context on that. Our overheads that you see there is like the buildings higher, the licenses, the insurance, financial admin, all that sort of stuff. The ministry is our kids ministry, our youth ministry, our students. We, we have um, nearly, uh, nearly 50 children and youth. We have over about 100 students. We have GRIT, which is a men's ministry. Um, we spend a lot of our resources in training up leaders. About 20% of our congregation are in our leaders in some way, volunteer leaders. Um, and, that, uh, and then our giving is giving away to um, support uh, other charities and ministries and things like that. So that is our current budget uh, as we are right now. And in order to make that work, we need another... 14 grand however we do have some money in reserves we have about 24 grand 27 sorry grand in reserves so don't worry if we don't increase our giving then we will 
survive the year, but we wouldn't necessarily survive much longer than a year. Um, so that, but that's so we're currently planning on using some of that money, but we'd rather not use that. Um, this budget has paid has covered all of the growth that we've seen in the last two years. And if you've been journeying with us for a while, then you'll know and you'll have seen some of the brilliant things that have happened in G2 over the past two years. Our growth from when we used to meet in this building you know, just, just over two years ago to going to um, becoming two services and then to two sites, raising up loads of leaders. Our children's ministry has grown, our students have grown, our youth have grown. We've seen a huge amount of growth, our hubs, our small groups, our engagement, we've had more families. And that, and that is what this budget has done. However, this budget will only maintain that now. This isn't a growth budget. This is how we keep going at this rate. So that's adding no more staff or making any changes to it. So the next budget is our uh, growth budget one. So this is, the only thing that's changed here is our staffing. So we feel we need to increase our staffing further. Um, no one on the staffing team has had a pay rise, even with inflation, uh, for three years. Um, so we feel like um, there's some pay rises due and there's also some additional staffing needed. In, uh, we need an additional student worker um, so that Adam can be released to... Um, be take on more of his associate pastor role and we probably need an administrator as well to relieve me of some of the more minor tasks that I do on my short amount of time. Then we have growth budget two which is our real target um, that we'd really like to achieve and that is in, so that's the staffing has increased as well as per the previous slide, but the ministry budget has really increased. So in order to grow, in order to get more people to meet Jesus, to discover Jesus, in order to invest in all of the areas of G2, we need to resource more than ever in all of those areas. And so that, in order for that to happen, we need another 25 grand a year, which is two grand a month of income. So that is our our ideal. This is really our ideal of what we would like our budget to look like. And then we have one more budget, which is like our blue sky. If if you know if if we really believe that God can provide everything that we are praying for, we would love to set up an intern program at G2 so that young leaders as they graduate or even older than that can come through and have a year or maybe longer of great leadership training that they will also have a huge impact on all the areas because if we have a kids work intern obviously our kids work can then grow further so it's not just about investing in leaders but investing further in our ministries okay so we are going to have a chance to do that so you can get out your phones but i also want to say uh just to 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 share with you um we give as a family to G2 and always have done. Um, we're not G2's biggest giver. We're not G2's smallest giver. But what we give, we have decided to double uh, for this time. Um, I'm not sharing, again, that for any uh, glorified reasons. I'm sharing you that with you because we're a community, we're a family, uh, and because I want to say this is all right to talk about. I, that, I do not know where that is going to come from. So if we double our giving to G2, we can't afford to do that unless we cut stuff. So we'll have to figure out what in our lives we're going to not do uh, or stop this month, or, uh, and God is going to have to provide in some kind of a way. 
But we're, I guess I just wanted to say it because I'm like, we're, we're at a stage where we're up for the adventure. I, I want whatever uh, the story is going to be, whatever God is going to provide for in whatever direction. And my question is, are you up for that too? Are you up for going on this journey? And remember with this 90 challenge thing, there is that little safety net, isn't there, that you could ask for it back if you want to at the end of it. Um, so let's have some music on and let's take a few minutes to be able to fill in this form or to sit and to think, to look it through, what do you want to give? Go for it.